0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Morale Clubhouse, hosted by the unofficial director of morale of the Chicago Cubs, Dom Frederick. We're talking weekly with people in and around the Chicago Cubs organization and Wrigley Field, players, fans, announcers, employees, bartenders, whoever it may be to get a pulse of what's going on around Wrigleyville. Before we get to the show, this episode is brought to you by Clubhouse Athletic Custom Team Apparel. If you need any team apparel for your organization, sports team, reach out to them. They have the best athleisure hoodies you can customize for your team. We love them here over at Morale Supply Co., and they handle all of our merch as well. So we trust them. Great designs, great product. If you're interested, you get 20% off your first order when you mention morale when you reach out. Go to www.clubhouseathletic.com. That's www.clubhouseathletic.com for great team wear. Elevate your team wear today. Now into the show.
1: What's up, what's up everybody? Thanks for joining uh, another episode of the Morale Podcast. Um Another weekend, closer and closer. We're three weeks away this uh, opening day. Cannot wait. Um, and honestly, Adam and I are here to really talk about, and I don't want to get in front of ourselves. I don't want to get too excited, but the Cubs have looked nice. They have, Adam, they, they have not looked bad. We, it's kind of the, The downside of the uh, the rebuild is that the Cubs go back to being this organization that people don't worry about. But it's kind of nice being in this kind of like, oh, they're the Cubs. We don't have to worry about them again. And we can have this like swagger underdog thing about ourselves of like, we got a few pieces. I know. The underdog thing doesn't last long. It it lasts for like a season. Yeah. Um, And I don't know if this is the season that it happens because you actually have to have a good team. But I will say right now the Cubs are looking better than I thought they'd look. They're looking better than I thought they did, than I thought they would. you got Bellinger's playing well. I mean, you look at the stats. Again, spring training, I get it. But we're playing. We're playing. We don't look bad. We don't look bad. And uh, hopefully that carries over, obviously, into opening weekend uh, and through the month of April. But um, I'm happy with how things are going so far. I'm not going to lie. We're, yeah, I can hear the caution in your voice of, like, not trying to get ahead of ourselves. But as but but as a director of morale, get get me going on what you've been seeing, and just as I see the sun a little bit more each day too, and getting back to Wrigleyville, like just pump me up a little bit in what you've been seeing and how you are feeling entering into April. I think the pitching's. I think the pitching is as real as it can be with the roster that they have. If that makes any sense, like I I don't think I don't think we're going to get. fooled by the pitching staff i think we have an idea of what we ha- we have and i think they're going to be consistent to whatever level that's going to be uh which i think could be pretty good not great but pretty good i think marcus stroman we were talking about the pitch clock earlier i think marcus stroman's really going to have just the, his way with this pitch clock i mean he's already a guy that manipulates uh, the leg kick manipulates the timing all these types of things and now that he has you know hitters speeding themselves up and obviously we know that stroman takes great care of his body he's going to be in shape and he's going to be ready to you know throw a pitch every 15 seconds i think he's going to abs- have an absolute just way with these guys out there and then you have justin seal who's been shoving tie-on looks solid and then again i've t- been talking about it, it, it hayden was he's your fifth starter i don't want to hear anything from javier aside no offense i don't want to hear anything about Adrian Sampson. I don't want to hear anything about any other pitcher taking that fifth spot. It is by far 100% unequivocally Hayden Wisnitsky in the fifth spot. And if he's your fifth guy, um, I feel good about the staff. Again, it's not great. It's not elite. You don't have a Max Scherzer. You don't have a Jacob deGrom. You don't have a you know absolute ace, but you have five guys that can take the ball every day and get the job done and get the job done to a pretty good extent. So that's, that's where I, I start off with. I think this team is going to, again, it, it's, it's not, it's not a team that jumps out on paper, but I think it's a team that has a high enough floor. If we can be consistent and, and that's something I'm taking. Um, Adam, I know, I know I do sound hesitant. I'm not, you know, I, I can't, fully just go all in into the deep end three weeks before uh our first game our first real game I'll get myself to that place but um like I said before the the starting pitching it looks odd and it seems like this is a team that can adjust to the new rules that we're seeing in major league baseball you sound like a um a wounded a wounded dog somebody who has like <gasps> Well, you you, got, you have some scars and some baggage. You sound like a director of morale who who won yeah, a World Series, learned a lot, and 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 laid it on the line for the past five years, and and doesn't want to be and, hurt I, again. I, I, you have some trust play, issues. Haven't you know? Haven't won a playoff game in six years. Um, but I hear that. Bar- but I hear I'm the steadily, bark. Have steadily have steadily steadily seen the team go downhill since that time. Like. A very like consistent drop off, um, and I think also too. You know, I think if if I'm being real about everything, the news about Ian Half does not seem good at all. Like, I Vena. think this is the last. i I think this is it. I think this is firmly it. Um, and you know, again, it, it's. I and mean, you and I talk about it all the time. In the past, we were we were all in, and here I think we're in but we're also like if things go bad we're, we're still out I think we're definitely more in than we were last year but if things go bad and we have a tough first six eight ten weeks of the season um, just prepare for you know all the stuff we've heard the last two seasons to come to fruition in terms of trading in terms of selling in terms of you know the hesitation on where the organization is so that's that's why i'm i'm tempering my expectations three weeks before the season starts again opening day opening day is different everyone gets to Wrigleyville playing the brewers right i think opening day again Mm -hmm. um at wrigley uh listen i'm gonna be i'm gonna be fully in and that's gonna be absolutely fantastic i remember for some reason last uh, opening day last year stood out to me in, in terms of like just people being absolutely fired up. And that was probably because we were coming out of the pandemic, whatever. Um, but uh, I, am I yes, I, there are some things that I'm still hesitant on. And I think just the fact that Ian Hap they're, they're, they're not where they need to be is, is not ideal. Yeah. I, I do see the, the wild dog in you though. The bark is about to come out. I think opening day, the first, Ball to go defense. I mean, the, still... the first defensive play you're going to. I think you might turn full into the Cubs have a chance to win this division this year. We're going to. We should be winning I think the division. They have a, I think they have a chance. I think. We I think should win. We should I win. Think they, they should have pe- a chance. They should it's get pieces. It's time to win. I think they do have a chance. Now, they're not the favorite, but they do have a chance. This is the best chance they've had while it's relatively slim. This is the best chance they've had since. 2020 2021 i mean I'm, I'm saying right now this is the best position the cubs have been in since june of 2021 that specific weekend when they swept the cardinals at home we all remember that weekend uh before it all went downhill uh they won on sunday night baseball i was at that game um this is the best they've been in and yes we absolutely do have a chance and i I, listen, the Brewers, the Brewers don't, the Brewers don't scare me. Even though they they went out and had a decent year last year, the Cardinals did what they did. But obviously, things can change. They have a really good team, uh, they have a solid team. I don't see really good team, but the Cubs definitely have a chance, and that, that's what I'm here for. I, all I've wanted was a chance, and I, I'm, I'm not necessarily going to say the Cubs have done everything in their power to give us the best team on the field, but they have at least made strides in doing so. And I find that somewhat acceptable, but this could all go downhill. And we find ourselves in a situation where, you know, we were in 2021, 2022 during the, the trade deadline. But right now, like you said, the, the, that, that dog is still in there. Hey, 20 Adam, I was talking to um, a few of my friends who are not Cubs fans or White Sox fans, but they know me really well. And they were kind of like, picking my brain over the weekend and almost like psychoanalyzing me sounding like you don't seem, you don't seem as fired up. You don't seem this or seem, seem, uh, as juiced up as you used to. And I think there's a few things to it. I think you, you go through those battles, you get hurt, you take the lumps, you take the bumps and, you know. I still feel like I haven't come out on the other side of it yet. I feel like Cubs fans haven't come out on the other side of it. we're still, we're still dealing with it. You know what I mean? It's. It would be different if, if we found ourselves in a situation where we had a winning season or we won a playoff game. Yet we just haven't felt that in so long. So we're still, we're still almost in the grieving phase. Um, and I feel like once we get that taste in our mouth again, uh, we'll definitely. I mean speaking for myself, I'll definitely be a lot more boisterous. I'll definitely feel a lot more confident, but we've been hurt. We've been hurt. I think every, every Cubs fan can speak to that. We've, we've absolutely been hurt. We've been burned. We've been bamboozled. We've been lied to at times. Um, So we're still trying to deal with that, but I'm here. I'm, listen, I'm here for it.
0: We You've told
1: me too. You said, what kind of leader would I be if I were to get on Twitter every day and spew bullshit as if,
0: yeah, as, yeah.
1: And, then when the Cubs do come around, who's going to trust you? And so it, it takes a exactly. real leader to have some realism. You're right. In You're right. In your role. Yeah, I mean, I know. You know, I was a lot younger when I started doing this. This is Adam. This is my tenth year doing this. It's my tenth season, tweeting about the Cubs. Ten. I mean, I've changed a lot. In are ten you tenured? Are you tenured yet? But with the Cubs, I have or I mean, I, well. Ten years. I don't know how <laughs> what they're. That's another story. But uh, yeah, ten seasons. 10 seasons, I just think back to 2014, Jorge ten Soler at the end. unplayed employee, it's just. And t- 10 seasons, so Jorge Soler, the last, you know, whatever, August or September, him coming up, Just re- I'm remembering that run, I'm remembering Anthony Rizzo yelling uh, yelling at all this Chapman across the, uh, you know, in Cincinnati, like that type of stuff. Like that type of stuff comes to mind um that you know that was 10 seasons ago and it, it's crazy so yeah i'm 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 still recovering and and 10 seasons ago was a lot different me than than what it is today but you're right i'm i'm not going to lie to the people i'm going to try to give my honest takes but uh, i'm also an inherently optimistic positive person and i'm going to try to stay true to that as much as i can yeah i i don't think it'll take much to have you go all in it won't. and it will into to the no. front office it they can make everyone's jobs easier within the Cubs, the marketing team, everybody around Wrigleyville. If if they were to make a move and keep Ian Hatfield for a little bit more, sign an extension, I think Something. everyone thinks differently about what the Cubs are up to. And they, they show yeah. that they're committed and they want to know more of the being schemy of how much money they can actually pay. I firmly believe that. You got I mean, I know they made the they made the investment with uh tie on, four year deal, whatever, Swanson obviously, you know, big deal. I just think there's one more move to be made, and I don't want to do necessarily say it in the sense that like the Cubs owe it to their fans, but I think you know, you need to set the course on what you have on the team. And and if this is I, I tweeted about it yesterday this is the new Cubs way where you, you go through the minor leagues and you're here for seven years and you're gone. Well then, you know, that really drastically changes how fans look at your team and how fans, you know, view what windows are with your team or, or competitive windows are with your team. So, um, yeah. You're gonna i are going to struggle mean, to sign more Dansby's in like it, yeah, off seasons gonna, like yeah, this. Yeah, You're going to have gonna... a hard time. You're, yes, absolutely. You're going to have a hard time doing that. You're going to have a hard time winning free agency every single year. It's just not going to happen because of, Um, the things that are inherently stacked against you. I mean, it's tough to compete with Florida. It's tough to compete with Texas when you got, you know, no income tax and and things like that. So um, ultimately, ultimately there are still some moves to be made. And I'm just hoping that we can salvage a few things that aren't necessarily going well right now behind closed doors. And then I'm not the only one speaking on that. I mean, players are talking about themselves. Ian came out on, whatever it was Monday and saying, you know, I love to be here, but you know, I'm starting to, I, I'm paraphrasing, but it might not necessarily go that way. It's a business things we've heard for the last three, three seasons. So um, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Some something's got to be done because you, you eventually you got to put all your chips in and you, you got to show investment and you need to, you know, put your best foot forward, regardless of it, if it's a risk or not, like that, that's part of playing the game. and that, That's what, that's what fans want, and and ultimately that's what players want too. That's gonna to be an ultimate matchup too. Talk about business meets business. I mean, Ian Hap, all <laughs> with respect to him. He he is a guy who's like invested in the city and the fans and everything. Of course, but he's also like a sap. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's yep. worth. It's not and yeah. And so he, when he walks to the room, it's just gonna be a stare off of like, hey, it's just business with an uh, office and him. Unlike uh... Wilson Contreras, where he probably would have signed if you just gave him the light of day. He was he wanted to be your guy. They just didn't want seem like they didn't match up. Anthony way. Rizzo too. I mean, Rizzo was another one of those guys and it's not a knock on Ian. It's just like I think you're right. Ian Ian has been outspoken and he's a player rep and he's you know, this is this is this is his bag. So I you're right. It's you're you can't really can't really throw the wool over his eyes and expect him to sign, you know, any, any offer you give him. So, yeah. and I'm just, and, and it's too bad that they are not in the place they need to be. So, anyways. All that being said, a lot of uh, exciting things coming out of spring season. Uh, I'll go through a few random topics. We haven't really talked on rule changes, specifically pitch clock. What's your uh, gut reaction? Yeah. You know, I don't want to sound like the the old school guy. I, I'll be honest with you, and to give an insight on my uh, my playing career, um, me playing at the Division One level, if I had a pitch clock on me when I played, I, I would have never, I would have never gotten a hit at him. I would have never gotten a hit. I was a guy that moves slow. I'm told today how slow I am at golf. I'm trying to work on that. But I just like I honestly there's there's like a sense of like anxiety that comes over me knowing that you can strike out in fifteen seconds. That like that <laughs> I've been there <laughs> I've been there in my bad times. Um, and that it's one of the worst feelings in the world. Like going up there one, two, three, like a quick punch out is is bad. It is it is really, really bad. So it's not that I'm it's not that I don't think it's good for the game. It's more like I still have demons that I'm even though I haven't played in, you know, how many years. I'm I still have demons that I have to work through cuz I've been in I've been in some really really bad spots where <laughs> just, you know, it's it's a 15 20 second strikeout and, and that's just it is emasculating. It's really bad. So I, I I just hope I just hope we don't see too many hitters. And I always listen. I I was not a pitcher. I'm a I'm a I'm a hitter. And I I just think of those guys that are up there having to face whatever 98 and a sweeping slider and a Bugs Bunny changeup and say, hey, you got to figure this out. And the pitcher can essentially throw whenever he wants to. Like you you can't just like take a breath. You can't just you know, process what just happened to you, you, you need to step right back in the box. So I think that, you know, I think a lot of people are saying, well, this is going to help offense. Um, it's going to, um, you know, uh, slow down a pitcher, kind of like slow down a pass rush and, you know, uh, for uh, football on defense, right. Trying to, you know, speed everything up. Um, but I, I'm seeing it from the hitter's perspective and I I don't know if it's necessarily going to go that way. I I think it's great that the games are shorter, but I, can you imagine though, like in a big spot, Adam, like you're talking about like a playoff game or like a huge August or September game against the Cardinals at Wrigley and like a crucial at-bat takes 15 seconds and you like got through the whole at-bat. Like um, that, that kind of sucks. Like, there's no yeah, build up I, to it. There's no the, – we all know the suspense that comes with baseball. And I hope umpires lean off that later in games. I understand the beginning of games, but, like, later in games when the crowd's going wild and things are going nuts and, like, you know, just thinking about myself, and I never played, you know, in the big leagues, but just thinking of myself in those types of intense moments, like, that can go really, really quickly. And I would hate for – for us to be making those decisions based upon, like, uh, a TV product or, uh, you know, trying to meet a quota on time, things like that, when there's, like, really intense moments that come with baseball. And we've seen at the Federal Landmark that is very readily available, you know, over the course of a season. So I'd hate for that to be determined by a pitch clock. So you're saying, essentially, like, for the sake of, like, if you were to make up to the big leagues and the Cubs were to sign you, you'd you'd feel okay in the batter's box. So you'd want you want Fred, future Fred, maybe in a possibility in the batter's box. I would box not. No, time. no, no. I would not feel okay in the batter's box.
0: Yeah, no, I know. You're saying not. you you you
1: you're saying you you want to stop the rules just in case you make it up to the big leagues. Uh, you you will you will feel course, ment- yeah, mentally strong enough. Uh, I think I mean, I've heard. You know what? Uh, this would have been a great thing. To talk, this would be a great thing to talk to, like a guy like Schwarber about, or even Ian about. Like when we have him on, you know, because I know Ian's been through those battles. He's talked about it. Like he he's he's punched out four times in a game. Like he he knows. Like when things are going really fast, even when you have the time to step out, like it really seems like it's going really fast. And I would, I can imagine he's going to say like. Being on the clock and having the pitcher essentially pitch whenever he can is, like, going to be ten times worse. So I, maybe, I just, maybe it's for the best, though. That's like ripping the Band-Aid off and embarrassment's gone. You're like, I could just walk up to the plate. I could be back in 15 seconds. I know I'm going to
0: strike out. I can get it over yeah. with.
1: <laughs> oh, there's nothing more embarrassing than striking out multiple times in a game. Unless you hit a tank. Unless you got two other knocks. Like, it, striking out two, three, four times in a game is just –
0: I was god awful at baseball. My when I went to the plate, uh, I only played like when I was really
1: young, and I just assumed like if you're eight years old, you can't hit the strike zone. So I would just stand in the batter's box and let them pitch four balls, and I'll take my base. And I'm a runner, so that's good for me. So in this case, I love it. I could quicker at bat. I could just get on base. I just well, I, I you know you. what I'm saying. I hear you. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, I just, I, uh, I just
0: get out of the walk, embarrassment. Walk,
1: you know, walking walking past your head coach after you struck out three times. <laughs> Like you walk past them to go to the bat. You go, you walk You'll past forget it. It went so quickly. No, they don't forget it. That's not my experience. They don't forget it. <laughs> they don't forget well, it, at all. <laughs> I'll tell you, House League Baseball and Lake Forest, they forgot it. They were focused on their kid next at bat. All right. Um, quick story. What quick else? story real quick. And we I, got I know one. We're, I know we have time, but just to give you my, my take. So I was in one of these rough stretches in college, and I had plenty of rough, rough stretches. And I remember we're – I think I started off the season. I hit a home run in my first at bat, and then I went on like a O for like twenty five stretch. And I remember getting meal money um, before we went on a trip. Like this would have had to have been like two or th- three weeks since I had hit that home run. <laughs> and essentially, our coach was like, "You know, you know, like you know, like." You have like scholarship money, right? Like like you like you you know that, right? You're like you know you know you're not a walk on. And that was like one of the most oh my god, just just being like yeah, and just knowing you are failing like a team and failing coaches and like failing like uh like a a team that is essentially like paying for your education. Oof. So that's why I'm still there's still demons that I'm working out Adam. There's still demons that I'm I've been I've been in the dark moments there but um so that that that's that's why I come from the perspective that I'm coming from. I've heard people uh, which makes I think this makes more sense pitch clock to the 6th inning, 7th and on. Yeah, I like that. Play. I I'm fa- I'm I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. The I dramatics are that. are elite in those in those last 3 innings and yeah. so I feel like that. Yeah. I, you know, and probably, probably you're going to see less balls put in play. Uh, I'm sorry. You're going to see more balls put in play. You're going to see less walks. You're going to see hitters essentially. I I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you see hitters who struggle with making contact get into like a two strike approach right off the bat. If they're, if they're not in a, if they're not in a great space, you're talking about really simplifying things and probably not seeing as many homers, probably seeing a lot more singles, which I'm, I'm, I'm fine with. Um, But uh, I think the hitters are definitely gonna have to change. Change. It's not just a, a pitching thing, and I don't think this is, I don't think this is entirely favoring the uh, hitters at all. I, I think it actually favors the pitchers more. But we'll see. All right, we'll jump into a couple of uh, players. Just a deep dive on how you're feeling on things. We brought it up a little bit last week, but I feel like an anomaly, or not anomaly, but most interesting guy that no one's talking about because there's. Kind of cautiously, like what's going to happen. Cody Bellinger,
0: he moves the needle too, social he does wise. Move like the when he,
1: his his name comes up. Like yeah. he, you mentioned, it he's got juice to he does the brand.
0: Yep, he does. What, move how the are you needle. feeling
1: on on Bellinger? I think he looks good. I don't want to necessarily say he looked, like better or different. He looks good though. Um, he moves the needle, and I think listen, this is a huge year for him because. As I've said multiple times, he's one bad year away from playing in, in Mexico or playing in Japan. I mean, if you, if you can't cut it, there, you, you only get so many chances after a while uh, to be a defensive outfielder and like a guy who can play first base too. But you're right. He does move the needle. There's something about that swing. Um, I think a lot of people try to compare him to Jock, a, a Dodger that's coming over, but he has a much higher ceiling than Jock does. Uh, it looks like he's hitting the ball the other way. We'll see. Again, I don't want to get too excited about spring training, but he looks good. We've had a lot of guys look good, but if he's a guy who's going to come in and he doesn't have to be at an MVP level, I mean, he could be at just the above average big leaguer level. He could be a guy that has a, I mean, if he get back to like an 800 OPS, uh, you're talking about, you're talking about some big production in the lineup and hopefully he can, he can deal with the, um, Wrigley uh you know the tough uh spring weather at the federal landmark but as we talked about last week Adam this weather's been so just benign uh this winter that maybe maybe things change and the winds start blowing out in April instead of always blowing in off the lake so um I'm here for him I'm I'm I think he's doing a good job I think a, a lot of Cubs have you know uh, found a good way with him so far. And, and if he can be a guy that can help this team out and he's motivated and he's fired up to be here, uh, I'm all for it. He moves the needle though. He he moves the needle though. He, I mean, that, that's a guy that could, that could, you know, hit some big homers and, and really shake the federal landmark, you know, on some big games. You're talking about some June, July, 120 games. I think we, we all know what we're talking about. He, he could be one of those guys. I feel like, you know, there's a parlay of guys that you'd hope that, like, have an up year, and if they have a, a – even just a – Our whole roster, some, you mean? some <laughs> No, but
0: I'm saying up years. Like, like people – you know what I'm saying? Like, a little bit – like, if you're showing a little bit of promise, like, like yeah, our whole opening
1: roster. day, our whole, mirac- our whole
0: team.
1: Obviously, you want everyone to do well. You know no, what I'm, I'm saying? saying it, no, i no, I know exactly what you're saying. I mean, that, that that's what we're all be- – we're all hoping that. Cody Bellinger, we hit a parlay, Swanson, yeah. We're you know uh, we have a nine leg Anthony, parlay. We we want like uh, who I mean that's the whole team. Ian Happ, you know, continues to do his thing. Saya becomes the guy we like that. Yeah, of course, this whole team is the parlay. We're the we're the the parlay Cubs. We're the Chicago Parlays. Like that's exactly what twenty twenty three is all about. We have a nine leg parlay on the season. Literally, if it hits, literally. Oh Absolutely. my god! You're right. You're right. You're right. It's a nine leg parlay that could finish in an NL Central uh, championship. And let's be honest. I mean, if we won the Central and we won a couple playoff games, that feels. I don't want to say like a World Series, but that feels like a that feels like an NLCS, even if we didn't get there. Absolutely, we haven't won a playoff game in six years. You know. So yeah, let's have the parlay hit. Yeah, for sure. What's the parlay hitting? What do you? What's the parlay hit? I mean, you said NL. Let's have the par, Let's what, have a division of, title. I think. Yeah. I, the, no. Yeah. Yeah. I think. I think if the parlay hit, I think it's a. I think it's the division title, or, I mean, the next thing, a wild card berth, more or less. Right. I've always said I think that our best chance to get into the playoffs is that's through- a round robin hitting. I think. Uh, you know, parlay hitting. <laughs> I think it's 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 getting close to winning the division. It's it's for sure taking care of the Brewers and that sounds sad, but it's like reclaiming Wrigleyville North uh Wrigley North and it's like taking it to the Cardinals and it's you know um I actually, I find this so funny you now like kind of taking Benedict Contreras and uh you know so, like, I love that <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch. We gotta have him on. Can you can you message him now and just try to get him for next next episode? Hey Benny, before the season starts. Oh my god, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, the the parlay. If the parlay hits, I think we yeah we do have a chance at division. But that is our team. That that firmly yeah. is our team, or at least that's our offense. Uh. I'm going back to the rule changes for a quick second because Passan just put out uh, some stats about spring training this year versus last year. Passing time mean? of game, Passan. I, I call him. I call him Passan. It's like Jet a I, Okay. Time of game: twenty five minutes. Twenty five minutes faster. Yep. Runs per game up a run. Stolen really? base attempts up. Okay. Strikeout rate is. I I wouldn't say there's statistics. Statistical difference, pretty much the same. Same, uh, but more singles, more stolen bases, more runs in twenty five minutes faster. Great, yeah. I mean, as long you know what, as long as strikeouts don't go through the roof and uh, there isn't a big change there, then I will stay corrected. But I myself know that speeding me up in in a very tense situation like that does not work well for me. But um, I'm hey, I'm I'm here for it. Faster games, uh, you know, more more balls in play, eliminating the shift, like seeing guys like Schwarber and Happ and, and Bellinger being able to take care of uh, or take advantage of the right side, um, I'm all for that, absolutely all for that. And hopefully hopefully it happens. And, and hopefully the Cubs who are, you know, building this, like, high-floor offense, high-floor team uh, with guys like Madrigal and Horner and a few other guys that put the ball in play regularly, um, they can benefit from that for sure. We could talk about the offense, but I think realistically, like, the excitement right now is coming from defense. Oh, um, yeah, for sure. I mean, Nico Horner's a stud. We have the best middle-in field in the game. Hands down. Hands down, especially – and I'm not going to say Nick Madrigal is, you know, a world beater over at third base or can play third base, but it's seemingly uh, – it, it seems like every single day he's out there at third base, he's doing a good enough job to warrant like a legit chance playing over there. And if, if he can do that, the guy who's making molehills out of mountains, the guy who's, you know, hurtling over third base, the guy that's throwing, um, you know, cannonballs from uh, across the diamond, I'm, I'm here for it because I think he's, like we talked about last week, I think he can hit over 300. I think he can get on base at a 350 clip. And I think he can hit enough doubles and and one home run to have like a, whatever, a 380 slug. And you're looking at a low seven something OPS. But if he gets on base, I'm here for it. Absolutely here for it. It'll be different than like, obviously, we're still rooting for balls out to the lake. But getting super excited when when we go on defense. Yeah. PCA's web gem was like, get me going. I love the confidence. Adam, we talked about it a couple months ago, and I almost, you know, wanted to, to rein him in a little bit. Uh, I think it was his, his YouTube thing that they came out with uh, when he's talking about, you know, not one, not two, kind of like the LeBron in Miami championship things. Like, hold on, partner, let's get to the show first. But he's super confident. He's super talented. The swing is there. I mean, the, the plays he's making in the outfield look fantastic. And, um, Definitely a changing of the guard. I feel like's coming soon. You know, he, he seems like he seems like a guy that will be here for a while. He seems like how old is he right now? He's twenty. I'll do a quick check. Twenty-one. I think he was drafted in twenty nineteen or twenty twenty. Twenty twenty, right? Twenty years old. Twenty years old. Maybe what a year away from the show. Like that seems like a guy that's gonna be here as a 21, 22 year old, and will probably stay for a while. Seemingly, Jed can figure out an extension, but um, there's a changing of the guard coming, and uh, PCA is that guy. It's gonna be a problem. I mean, him him walking off, him walking off the you know uh, warning track, kind of like getting fired up, like shaking his head, like getting the people fired back up. Um, that, that, that was something to see for sure. And Adam, if we remember, you know, we had one of these guys too, Alvaro Amora, who obviously that never worked out. This seems different though. This seems different. This doesn't seem, this doesn't seem like a, I almost felt like Almora, like benefited from doing like the fake dives and like kind of like running with like a chicken with his head cut off and then like making like a crazy move to catch the ball. I'm not saying it wasn't a good outfielder, but PCA looks like a legit natural, like, If I gotta dive, I'm gonna dive. If I don't need to, I'm not gonna make it look harder than it has to be. I disagree, though. To your hold on, partner. Like that's exactly the attitude we want. Like that's how you become a guy. That's how you become like a Javi Baez. Like we, those are the types of people I know. We haven't won, so. But I want guys who are cocky and want to be there and will be pissed off if they don't get there. Not, Here, oh, we'll see how it goes in being humble. We, here's my hesitation about it, though. That was the White Sox. Like, they had the, – the White Sox were those guys. And you And you know what? You know what? That was that was fucking awesome for the White Sox. For like, a year, I, I, for like six months. And it, and it yeah, it was. They fell off and they also didn't add to the team at all, but that was awesome. And then you have T- The White Sox were they were the talk of the city. They were the cool guys. They had the swagger. And then you have TA complaining to the whatever Chuck Garfine's of the world that they're being too hard on the team after like they're losing by a billion. No, I hear yeah, you. Yeah, if you do you. that stuff, it. that's I hear you. I get it. Him. I get it. Um, I, well, of course, I want guys to be confident too. I mean, yeah, I want guy. I want hobby biases. I want guys that have swagger. Right? Of course, and that's why, that's why I'm giving him praise. And it's I think it's more like, you know, let's uh. Let's announce ourselves with our play, and then once we show our play, like, at the show level. Um, then we can start feeling a little bit more cocky, even if we haven't won anything, right? Like I, we don't need to win a World, World Series, we don't need to win. I'm just
0: starving. I know, for yeah, anything, I
1: Fred. So honestly, I'm so sad that I'll just t- I'll take the talk right now and <laughs> okay. hopefully play I get it, it. I get it. I get it. But get we're it. starving. I get no it. no playoff wins. I know. And- I know. I'm, I, I've already said from the beginning of this. I'm still. I'm still working out things from from past seasons, and we're. I don't think we're out of the tunnel yet. I don't think we're out of the tunnel yet. We're still coming up. We're still trying to come up. Yeah. Um, This has nothing to do with the Cubs, but um, I just wanted to show it to you because I saw it, and I'm just like, this is awesome. And I feel like he's, he's, again, look at his face. He just kind of lights up. He's like, I'm just going to throw this 100 miles an hour. (laughs) Oh, fuck it. (laughs) I can't. Sho- Shohei uh oh yeah, 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 is just electric. He's just electric, and I, we've always He's like talked about like we're, the Cubs are nev- Cubs Cubs are never going to get him, but no, we need this type of electricity. We need to sign somebody with this type of energy and also shoving at this type of velocity. I'm telling you, I hope Say it can be that guy. Say- no, I'm not listen. We're never going to find a two way guy like him. He's a unicorn, but. Oh um, no no no, no. I, but I'm talking no, about the I way know. you bring dominance I know I we were talking about last week with with bad news that there's like some type of almost like innocence that that I, I don't know why maybe maybe I'm totally off here but there's like some type of like playful innocence with a few of these Japanese players I don't know if it's just because they're like how baseball over there is or they just take it a different way like they they do cheer a little bit differently in terms of the fans standpoint but um there's something like bad news showed it all the time like he he was fired up but he also like didn't take himself too seriously and i felt that's kind of what i was seeing right there was Fatani. yeah um anyways i'm just yeah five about future cubs all right let's go uh new segment hall of fame oh. We're going to call it top top three uh, Morale Hall of Fame from of fame. Cubs history, we'll call it. Or just Cubs. Name. First Hall of Fame. First Hall, hall of fame. fame. Hall of Fame spring training. Morale Hall so of Fame spring to training. to give people context, um, growing up, I went to spring training with my family for te- 10 straight years from like the age of eight to the age of obviously 18. And I was at Hoho Cam every year. We'd be there for a week and a half. We go to I mean, back then the, the, the tickets were so cheap. It's not like today. We go to a game every single day. And I just remember this is how I'm starting it off, Adam. I remember as a 10, 11 year old Ron Sano, the legend, he would sign ball, he would sign autographs. From the booth at Hoho Cam from like an hour or to an hour and a half before the game until like ten minutes before first pitch. And everyone would line up on the stairs and he'd sit in the booth and you'd go up there, you'd give it to Ronnie, he'd take a picture with you. That's the first in terms of like Cub Spring training, and again, this is gonna be a lot of nostalgia stuff for me. Adam, you're gonna have something different, but I haven't been back since those days. I haven't been back to Arizona. I've never been to Sloan Park. Um, and those are the things that just come to my mind. Ronnie, getting like, get the autograph every year, getting the autograph multiple. And I'm not an autograph guy. I don't, like, autographs don't do anything for me. They, they just don't. They Even even back then, like, they didn't really. But there was something really cool, even as a, you know, kid, me thinking, like, man, this guy's just, like, saw, signing autographs. And then he's going to be on TV or, or obviously on the radio for the next 3 hours calling this game like there's just something special about that and that's that that's my number one thing maybe maybe I should have that should have been my third thing um but that's just that's always going to stick in my mind I feel like it makes a lot of sense that you for 10 years as a kid went to spring every training year. like every year you were groomed to be director of morale spring training I feel like is where morale is is yeah, born every I, I year agree. every year I remember the it, players start to meet gel vividly and it's kind of lighthearted. Grew up at HoHo Cam during you know March. That, that was the spot. I've never been to Sloan. All I know is Ho-Ho Cam. And then you know, my next one is you know obviously you go to you go to all the you go to all the places. You go to the the Rangers one I think in Surprise. You go to Tempe uh, where the uh, the Angels are. Then you had I don't know wherever. And every single time. And we'd stay the entire time. We'd stay the entire – it didn't matter, you know, who was – we were there from first pitch all the way to the end when you had guys playing that, you know, we had no idea who they were, uh, wearing number 95 or whatever. Ronnie Woo-Woo – this is my second thing for spring training. Ronnie Woo-Woo wandering around the, the, the dirt uh, parking lots on the backfields, just wandering – to me, that's spring training. That's the that was the one of the best parts. He'd be he'd be walking around in the middle of, of it. I, I don't know if he was in the right frame of mind. I was twelve years old, but Ronnie Woo Woo doing Woo Cubs in a in an empty dirt parking lot behind the backfields of a you know minor league you know uh, facility, or the one of the minor league fields is something that's always going to stick in my mind. And that that that's a Hall of Fame thing about spring training. Again, this is this is the kids' version for me, but like. Oh, there's Ronnie. He's doing woo woo, you know. And there's there's no no one's within 500 yards with him, of him. And he's doing woo cubs woo. And you know we're driving out of the we're, we're walking out of the place. And there's Ronnie. He's there. He's at every game. Uh, that that's part of to me. That that that's what that's what made spring training, especially back then, like so genuine, unique. Uh, and I don't mean to say it like. Again, I don't know if Ronnie was in the right state of mind or, mind or not, but he was just one of those grinders that he was. He was at the games. He was there. He was. He was at the backfields. He was. He was locked in, wearing the uniform and everything. Um, so that's to me that, that that was a Hall of Fame thing in, in my mind. I, every, everyone for this segment is going to have their own specific things because obviously they experience it themselves and it's different from what we experience. But for me, like that was, I'll never forget that Hall of Fame
0: moment. The more you speak on spring training, the more clear it is how you were built. You were like, you were groomed to be
1: director of morale every year. Like being young and seeing Ronnie Woo Woo by himself cheering on the every Cubs. Year. Yeah, and I didn't even th- even Things like, like back that then, mold a young like kid it was like funny. I was like, man, like he's here. I th- I was I was like, wow, like. He's here. I didn't know, like, I mean, I know Ronnie's been through some tough times, but he found a way to get there. He found a way to save up to get to the federal landmark. He found a way to get off of work to go to opening day. He found a way, you know what I mean? Like, hey, I know, I'm not saying Ronnie's the best fan, but, like, that's something that was, I saw that firsthand. No, No one within 500 yards of him. Dirt, pavement, dirt, parking lot, woo, Cubs, woo, to whoever could hear it's so abundantly clear. I'm almost getting like vibes of like, this sounds bad, but like, <laughs> oh, I'm picturing like spring training now when you're, you're as a kid, it's, like purgatory, and there's just like not a lot of things there. It's like white space, but a like lot a of random white little space. pieces of, of Cubs, exactly. There's a lot of white yeah. space, yeah. and then just like Ronnie, it's like a bad dream almost, but like a fever dude, dream. Just Ronnie woo woo over there, hundred yards <laughs> away, and then said <laughs> over there signing exactly. things, and you're just like hearing like. Woo, I'm, telling you, that's how like, that's, I'm telling you, that's how it was. I'm telling you, that's how it was. That's exactly how it was. You're being molded. That's exactly how it was. That's exactly how it was. And especially at ho back then, the parking lots were huge. Like the, like it was parking lots around the entire thing. It's and endless. it's in like this, like, it's not, it, it's in like an almost like residential area, but ho like just had this huge piece of property, but it was just the stadium. And then in the corner where the, the backfield, and then it's just parking lot, and uh, and yeah, Ronnie would be doing this thing. Our last last one. one, and then I like really need to go. You going? Oh, you last, one. It's last one. I'm sorry. Last one. You're gonna have to cut that out. Um, <laughs> Fergie. Or do you have one? Fergie Jenkins and many of the other Cub greats bouncing around from hotel to hotel in the area. Cause like when you're there, like everything's so close and the stadiums are so close and you're always like bouncing from one town to the next. Again, I'm not an autograph guy, but I always thought it was just like funny and interesting. You go to, you go to a hotel and then you'd meet up with people that you, that you saw at like a restaurant that were at the game too. And they're like, Well, Ronnie. Well, Fergie's at this hotel tonight. He's signing autographs. Andre Dawson's at this hotel tonight. Again, this is very kid esque. I understand that, but just like the the like the fact that you could have so many moments with like Cubs greats at like a Holiday Inn in like wherever, like Mesa, Arizona, or Tempe, and like nobody's like really around, and you're just like there with like Fergie Jenkins and in like a hotel lobby, is just, there, there's just something that like is innately just so innocent and pure. And I just really appreciate, it. especially in today's age where everybody it's, I mean, you kind of get that at the Cubs convention now, but like back then it's like, oh, Ronnie signed autographs at the DoubleTree. tree. Like, you know, he's going to be in the lobby from, from nine to 10. And he's just, he's just hanging out talking to fans. I just, there's just something I really appreciate with that, even as like a 12 year old amazing all right well I'm i need to go i'm going to end it with uh i'm going to end it with what my honorable mention is and uh, we'll just take it out on that cool. audio we'll talk with you all next right, week to- i'll talk to you later all right, yeah. my all time favorite kawasaki karaoke spring training 7 years ago
0: say just to hear you breathe. Watch your smile while
1: you are dreaming While you're far away a dreaming Watch your smile, oh my Life is
0: sweet, surrender Watch your stare, i in this moment
1: Forever Every moment they we with Is a moment of I miss you, baby, I come
0: on! I can't believe this happened. This is amazing stuff. This is maybe the greatest moment in the history of spring training. Uh, that's uh, Minoru Kawasaki, who they picked up in a minor league deal or for a minor league contract. Singing Aerosmith. Uh, then the Cubs went out and performed drills to the songs "Kung Fu Fighting" and turning Japanese.
1: Uh. All right. Have a great week, everyone.